We've never wavered from that vision. Everything you hold worthwhile is at stake. Beyond yourself and ourselves, I have a dream. Freedom is indivisible. Uh, I took the initiative in creating the internet. That app comes with incredible rapidity. One electrical arc after another. Still trying to get myself adjusted. It really is a revolution. Awesome. Let's dig on it. Um, welcome to the Hustle System podcast, where we break down the patterns of success and failure for some of my favorite people in the space of internet marketing, art, e-com, and the great big earth that we live on. Today, we have Miss Kareen Budran. Mm-hmm. Is that correct? B-A-D-R-A-N. Did yep, I pronounce it? That is correct. I nailed yeah. it. Awesome. You can, find, you can find her <laughs> on Instagram. At uh, Kareen Badran, that's C-A-R-I-N-E-B-A-D-R-A-N. And as always, we will include your handle in the show notes down below. Um, so welcome. Thank How- you. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for having me. For sure. Thanks for coming on. So one of the big reasons I wanted to have you on is, uh, you know, I, th- I saw a post from yours that was on like female empowerment and female energy and how to apply that in uh, business. And mm-hmm. I think a fascinating topic for us to kick this off on uh, and start off would be masculine feminine energy, especially when it comes to being a lady leader, because you've got a great um, mm-hmm. you know, YouTube channel, you've got a great uh, women's empowerment movement that you lead. So can you maybe talk a little bit about kind of your mission statement, the things that you do, and then we can kind of unpack that mm-hmm. a little bit further? Yeah, definitely. So my mission has always been to uh, help women and just people in general to pursue their passion. So the reason for which I even started my podcast was to have people who are empowering, who are inspiring on the channel on my podcast so that people can look at that and get inspiration and kind of relate it to their story and eventually uh, see how they can start their business maybe in that industry that they've always wanted to start in. And the main, you know, difference is you just want to have, you know, that creativity, that nurturing aspect that a lot of women have and, and you know it, it just blends in so well together like you can have that authoritative um empowering competitiveness and that you'll see in a woman and a man but then there's always little nuances and difference you wouldn't have noticed otherwise unless you're put in that situation where you're like oh okay like this is nice it'd be nice to have a mix of, of male and female in in you know in the team um so when it comes to that i mean i, I think every team should look to differ to, to differentiate itself to diversify who's in there um but ultimately i think we're just starting to you know expand and, and to get into markets that we didn't even think we could you know uh given certain limitations that we've put up for ourselves previously so it's a really big topic and I think we can spend the, the, you know, the whole interview on this. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it's important um, to unpack. It's a great question. So I think yeah. the, uh, the team dynamics of having, um, male and female is, is good. Uh, but also as a like woman leader, there's also an internal process, right. That you go through, uh, that requires you to kind of balance this very, uh, almost like a dominant aggressive, uh, go getter energy with kind mm-hmm. of a more nurturing, um, balance. So yeah, let's, so let's talk marketing for a minute. You know, how do you go mm-hmm. and approach say brand positioning? Cause, cause you've, you've got a lot of great stuff that you break down. Um, how do you go about like defining, okay, well I'm going to do 
this for me and I'm going to aggressively pursue it versus say, I'm going to be a little bit more vulnerable, a little bit more, you know, um, I'm going to take a little bit of a step back here versus that. I, th- I think mm-hmm. it's, it's fascinating because, um, you know, I've, uh, I don't know if you know Brittany Michaelchuk. I know her pretty well. And um, um, no, I haven't heard of her actually. I'll check her oh, out. Got it. Got it. Yeah. She, she does really cool stuff. Her and I have unpacked that topic quite a bit. And it definitely mm-hmm. takes um, a very interesting, uh, I, there's, there's like this, this fascinating kind of seesaw effect where, you know, to, to get the business results, right, you have to be very driven and very ambitious, but then also to also have that vulnerability that I think makes your marketing better. So I think mm-hmm. um, if throughout like this podcast, if we can figure out, okay, what is that like kind of that sweet spot for those women that are listening and um, hint for those men who are listening, who have a significant other in their lives that are trying to do things, um, for example, to not have, mm-hmm. you, you know, to, to, like if you've got a significant other and she's trying to build a business to not actually stifle that because often, you know, you have to go into masculine energy to do that. And that creates very, very powerful, mm-hmm. powerful women. I love powerful women. I grew up with a single mother. So uh, mm-hmm. I'd love to hear about that. Like, how do you go about balancing those two? And how does that affect your, your marketing and your branding as a, as, like, as, truly as a superpower? Yeah, so uh, that's a, a great question. Um, I think one of the biggest things that I've noticed that a lot of people relate to is vulnerability. And I think that's the biggest thing that I try to hone in on, especially in my business, especially on my podcast, you know, in the stories that I, uh, that I tell with people that I interview too. I mean, when, when I first start off, my interview is always about the person's story, like the hardships. I want to get down and deep into that. And I'm not afraid to share mine because my hardships, because I know that there are so many people out there who are going through such similar things that it's important to talk about them. And I think that vulnerability is not weakness. It's actually powerful. And it's something that everybody should think of, you know, even as a, as a man who would be worried about being vulnerable and then how feminine that could be, uh, you know, looked at. But I think that's just something that we're all moving into. And we're, you know, after the Me Too movement and all those movements that are amazing, they're coming out. I think everybody is feeling a bit more comfortable with themselves uh, instead of feeling alienated with the situations that they're in. And then when it comes to actually uh, leading my business and having that masculine energy and that good mix, I feel like we all have uh, both energies, either either uh, feminine when you're a female, you have feminine and masculine, whether you're male, you have feminine and masculine as well. And I think it's just about having that perfect balance, you know, and it could be hard to, to find, especially because a lot of people think, you know, if I, if I don't have the right uh, amount of, of both. If I am too masculine, then I won't find the right partner. Um, you know, or if you are a powerful woman, then you'll have a hard time finding someone to share your life with. And I think that's just something that I think we should talk about more so people can have a better idea of, you know, whether or not that's true and whether or not someone can overcome that. Um, because I, I, my mentor, she, you know, she makes sometimes seven, seven figures a month and she has a hard time now finding someone who, who fits like her bubble, like fits her needs because she she's able to do it all herself, right? But I think we all need to have that conversation where it's like, even though you can still do it yourself, like we can all, um, I don't know, we can all find someone who compliments us, right? And we have to be able to be vulnerable with that person because it's so hard as well when you're managing your own company or your own firm to be like, okay, I think I think I'm gonna let my guard down and be vulnerable with this one person. 
when you're so used to being like authoritative and on your shit like the whole time, like at work. So I think we just need to find that good balance. And um, I think I've been able to do that really well for myself because I've had amazing role models in my life who have been able to teach me both sides. You know, you can be sweet and you can be, you know, uh, a leader. It's not really one or the other. I think you, everybody should just have a good mix of both. That makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it really does mm-hmm. go, go both ways, right? Um, I do find this where hyper-driven women take, you know, major cities especially, right? Manhattan, Los mm-hmm. Angeles. Um, it, it creates a unique dynamic where it's like, well, do you just find a man that you can boss around because you're used to being the boss and just stay in that energy all the time? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Or do you find a man who, who inspires you, who maybe does something different than what you do, right? Say, um, you know, you're, you're more in the financial sector and then someone maybe an artist, uh, and then you have a bit of that dynamic, or do you just find someone who's just such a powerhouse that is just um, just just awe inspiring? And it really does go both ways because I think for men it's almost the inverse, or at least it started as the inverse, which is now becoming a very very similar dynamic. Where mm-hmm. as a man you have to be dominant and you have to be always in control, and there's a, there's a certain little like stigma or standard that's set. That then, okay, well, if you show your vulnerability also, um, then then what, right? Then, then you open yourself up for attack in a way. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of people shut down. And I think it's fascinating to unpack this with you because from a marketing standpoint, um, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't, I don't know how much you've researched some of my stuff, but I've openly talked about, um, you know, my, my bouts with uh, attempted suicide on podcasts very, very openly. Mm-hmm. Um, the, you, know, you know, the downfalls of entrepreneurship. Uh, you know, they mm-hmm. say like late nights as if it's like a generic thing. No, it's like actually sitting there in tears because you can't make the numbers work, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And um, and those things hit hit home, right? Those hit hard. But at the same time, then you do have that thing in the back of your mind of like, oh, is a competitor going to say, try and leverage that in some capacity? Um, so mm-hmm. how, how do you go about, yeah, how do you go about like um, applying that to marketing, like marketing principles? Um, let's maybe talk a little bit about that. Where, yeah. where are you at? What are the things you're doing and how are you approaching it? Yeah. So I, I just want to like kind of uh, touch on what you just said as well. I, I find that it's, you know, yesterday at the event, when I talk, when I go out and talk, I feel like I sometimes like now that I'm, I've started to get hate and, you know, as you get bigger and bigger and you start to make more money, people are kind of like out for you. And that's something that I've never even imagined being like fathomable so me being out there being vulnerable it's it's so hard because i know like a competitor can see that i know that someone can use that to to their own advantage um especially if they have like you know the the worst things at heart that that they want to do to you so um i think you know you have to just kind of get used to it you just have to be like you know what this is me and there's always going to be someone who's not going to support it but i know that with the information that i'm giving out someone's going to take it, take home, take it home and just apply it in their own life and, and kind of change their lives for the better. And that to me is much more important and makes such a bigger difference in my life than worrying about that one person who's going to, you know, try and, and harm me or harm my business. Because at the end of the day, people can see who's authentic. And as long as you're being authentic to who you are, it works in a marketing way as well. You know what I mean? Like if people I, I had a business in my business. I had like a separate account, right? And I still do for uh, what I do in marketing. And then I started including my business and my results and all of that, all my vulnerabilities, my branding in my own personal page. And that's when I started to see my business actually grow. So 
as a marketing tactic, I think it works as well, which makes it even more worth it. But also on a, on a relatable, uh, you know, aspect as well, it helps with that. So I think as a business owner, you really have to focus on not just always trying to give, you know, value. Okay, it's cool. Like I'm giving value in my marketing business. I'm trying to uh, get people to hop on a call with me or sell them my course or whatnot. But if you're not, if they're not there and seeing your lifestyle, seeing that you're an actual person, you like this kind of music or you drive this kind of car, whatever it is that you're trying to highlight, um, it's going to make you less relatable and people don't like that. And so that's what I've noticed in terms of marketing when it comes to that. Yeah, totally. We, we talk about that a lot. I call it the human element, um, especially, yeah. where, especially where we are in, in technology, right? Everything's getting automated. Everything's getting into AI. And yeah. I mean, this almost brings up like the question of like the human soul. Is there anything there? <laughs> you know, yeah. can we? <laughs> and, uh, yeah. And we, we believe, you know, at least my belief is that there's, there's some core component energetically linked to, you know, the quantum universe or what, what have you. Okay. For those of you that are listening, yeah. right. Not, not going to go too woo woo into quantum reality. No, no. There I, I think, I think yeah. it's, it's hard when, when you're a business owner, you just become spiritual like all of a sudden (laughs) it just kind of drops down from the sky you're like whoa i actually believe in something now like and before i was the type of person who's always like the skeptic like what is this woo-woo talk like the self-development talk what the fuck are we talking about but you know i think you just kind of uh become that way because life teaches you to become that way so i get you (laughs) yeah yeah for sure uh you know i just had um you know, uh, Spectacular Smith on the podcast uh, a couple hours back, and we were talking about the power of belief, the power of realization, and um, putting those dreams that you have first and being really un- unapologetic about it. And I do still see this in society where when women do that, they're kind of a little bit pushed back. And I really love to break those trends. And uh, we need more men supporting women. I truly mm-hmm. believe that. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, uh, I-, I ran marketing for one of the world's largest like pickup artist companies for a while. And um, that was a, always a big rub. I'm like, no, like, why are you doing this? You're doing this because mm-hmm. you want to offer value. You're improving yourself yeah. because there's, there's an amazing woman out there that deserves the best version of you. And mm-hmm. that's kind of that human element that passes through all the marketing. I mean, one of my favorite uh, entrepreneurs is uh, Sarah Blakely, right? Founder of Spanx. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I use her as a role model for many structures within my organization. I absolutely love it. Um, you, mentioned, uh, you mentioned role models. Uh, mm-hmm. who are some of your role models, if you don't mind naming names or you can be more vague and generic? It's totally your fault. Yeah, I, I think I have different role models for, let's say, everything. Like my mother is a huge uh, role model to me because she started her business. She's a business owner as well. And I saw how she was able to balance family and and work and still have a social life and still care for me when I was sick. Um, and not being too like, I need to focus on my business. And I found that that helped her in her business as a motivator to her, uh, the family and, and you know, um, being that nurturing mother that she's always been. I think that's what's always inspired me uh, and what inspires me to want to have children and to do all of that and still be able to be successful in what I do. And I don't, I don't think it's one or the other, like I said. And then when it comes to interviews, and this is a passion that I've discovered, you know, not long ago, and actually having meaningful conversations, I'd say Oprah. Oprah is one of you know a huge role, one of the biggest role models for me um, for what she did, coming from her background and you know her skin color at the time when you know being a TV host at the time was not accepted. I just respect that so much uh, for following her path. And I think those are uh, two people right now that I would say I look up to the most. That you know I I think about all the time. Um, but of course, I can name you like a lot more, <laughs> but I think those are the two that come to me right now. No, totally. Uh, 
I, I think it's fascinating. Um, no, mm-hmm. I think I think it's a great place to start. And you mentioned mm-hmm. your your mother was a business owner. Um, mm-hmm. How much of it was going towards versus going away? So uh, Tony Robbins obviously has that concept of you know going towards versus going away. Okay, going towards is I want this type of life. I'm going to go after it. And then mm-hmm. going away is more, or going uh, you know moving away from is more like uh, here are the things that I'm seeing that I don't want. Um, I'm going to move away from that. So rather than moving towards, you're going to move away. And I find that almost every person has a larger quantity of one or the other. Uh, are you more of like a going towards person of like, I really want this outcome, I'm going to go towards it? Or are you more of a moving away person of, I don't want to be in XYZ situation ever again, so I'm going to make sure I do the work? Yeah, like pain or pleasure, right? He always yep. talks about that. Like, are you yep. going towards pleasure or moving away from pain? Mm-hmm. Um, I think that it always will start from a place of pain, but that's that doesn't last. Like for, for myself, when I first started my business, when I first started everything, it's always um, me thinking about my my family, you know, and, and my mom wanting to support them if anything happened. And after going through a breakup, that was kind of like the catalyst for me to start my business. That was from a point of pain. Um, but I could not use that in the long run because as soon as I, let's say, attained a certain monetary, um, you know, the income that I wanted to achieve, then what? You know, what's going to keep me going? It's not just the pain. I think it's something bigger than that. So right now I'm in a stage where it's moving towards rather than moving away from mm-hmm. um, just because I think you just develop a bigger why uh, rather than trying to you know run away from the emotion that you had initially so i think that's like a common thing for a lot of people that i've seen sometimes people stick to that pain they're able to keep it in them to to have that as a driver uh for me it's it's bigger than that i I want to inspire people i have so many goals in my head that i'm moving towards rather than moving from i love it yeah having those triggers and drivers uh i call it the Mm -hmm. engine right it's kind of like if you have a car you can swap the engine that you use to fuel yourself um, mm-hmm. I'm very mm-hmm. type A OCD. I'm like, I will just do everything, work, 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 <laughs> right? So, uh, and I've, I've learned to dial that back and do more leadership, more delegation and mm-hmm. let go of the control. You know, I, um, uh, we have this concept that's it, like everything in life and in business is speed versus control. So, you mm-hmm. know, uh, like when you have a Ferrari, why is a Ferrari expensive is because it's the perfect balance of speed and control. And it's the same thing with a, with a business. If you want to scale quickly, uh, sometimes mm-hmm. you have to relinquish a little bit of control. Or you can have a lot of control and not scale as fast. Um, and yeah. that, that engine that you use uh, is so important. Okay, you mentioned, you mentioned the story a, a couple times. Uh, you mentioned a breakup in the story. Uh, yeah. let, let, let's, let's go through it. Let's go through it. Where, where did it all start for you? Um, entrepreneurs are weird. Okay, let's just, let's just yeah, we're, it's we're, out there. Entrepreneurs <laughs> are weird. We're weird. Um, and there's always, there's always a fascinating story behind it. So, mm-hmm. you know, no pressure. But if you want to uh, unpack where did it start? At what point were you like, hey, I'm going to kind of beat my own path? Obviously, your mother was probably a big influence in mm-hmm. that, but I'd love to hear it from, uh, from you. Yeah. I'm not afraid to talk about anything. You can ask me anything. It's fine. Um, if, you know, yeah, I mentioned the breakup because I feel like everybody has a story for which they, you know, they started something or they finally took that big leap. I think Tony Robbins also talks about this. Like, there's always that one moment you're like, you know what? I want to get out of this relationship. Enough is enough. I want to start my business. And that was the moment for me. Um, and I, you know, I get this question in other interviews as well, where they ask me like, was that really just that point or was that the only thing? And now looking back, I don't think that was the only thing that drove me towards what I'm doing now. I think it was the catalyst, the pivotal point, but I think there's so many things that were racking up that led me to, to what I was doing now and what I'm doing now. So 
at the time when I first started my, my business, I was graduating. I had a job waiting for me that I did not want to start. Um, I was just going down a path that I was not happy with either, you know, emotionally with my relationship and then also uh, monetarily and, and just kind of in, in, in terms of my future and my ambitions. And it was not in line with who I was. So when that relationship finally came to an end and I was in going through a lot of pain because the person broke up with me, uh, you know, I felt like I needed to use that pain for something bigger. Uh, I think a lot of people, they use it and they become depressed. And, and I think it's such a waste when people do that because that, that emotion, when you're going through something like that, it's so powerful. Like it will drive you to do crazy things that you wouldn't have done before. And so that was it for me. I was like, I'm going to use this. And it wasn't really a distraction. It was more like, now's the time, you know, and, and I don't think I can really put it into words. And, you know, I was just feeling it. And I, and I knew it was the time for me to quit my job, take the leap, you know, and graduate. I was like, you know what, if there's ever going to be a good time to start something, it would be now. So that was really the point. Uh, and I, that's why I always talk about it because, you know, I want people to know that if you're going through something, use that pain to your own advantage as well. Don't just uh, wallow in your own pity. You know awesome. what I mean? Totally, yeah. totally. Um, I, I've got this phrase, depression is a luxury. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a really good one. Um, there's people that, that there's people out there that need what you have to offer and mm -hmm. they're depending on you, whether or not you see them, whether or not they're right there in front of you, they're depending on you to step up and to deliver and um, to be that best version. So I think that's really powerful. Um, mm -hmm. So, okay. So you quit your job on the spot. Let's, let's talk about the, the pros and cons analysis. I think a lot of people yeah. listening are maybe in a nine to five and they are quote wishing they could do it. Um, and sometimes it does take a cataclysmic uh, event to push you over the edge or to, to, to create that moment of faith or that leap of faith. Um, mm -hmm. what, what, what did that analysis look like? And uh, as far as like, am I going to totally not be able to pay rent? Like, like, yeah. Oh, how did you go about doing that? Because that's a fascinating moment, right? Yeah, I obviously, I've, I've saved my whole life. I've been working since the age of, you know, 15, 14. So I've never not worked. Um, so I always had that mentality. I just kind of knew like I could w make anything work out. But um, you also have to look at what kind of person you are. I'm the kind of person that I was always the one studying like the last the, the day of the exam. I'm always like, I put pressure on myself because I know that I know that's what I need. And I think you have to have that self-awareness to know, okay, what kind of person am I? And uh, am I going to be in deep shit if I, if I quit my job right now, I have nothing lined up for me, or is that going to be a, a positive thing for myself? I don't recommend anybody does what I did. You know, I didn't have a job. I didn't have a backup plan. I didn't have a client when I quit my job. I was just like, I have money right now. And I think this is the only way I'm going to make things work. And it was true because I know who I am. Um, now, another girl in my city who I interviewed as well, she, she runs a marketing agency as well. And she said, I will not quit my job until like I'm making, I'm exceeding um, my income with the clients that I already have. She's that kind of person. I'm not like that because I know that if my energy is divided, I'm never going to be completely devoted to something en enough to make a lot of money in it. That's just who I am. So that was kind of my analysis and I knew that I had money saved up. So it was a risk, but you know, I took it and I'm really happy I did. <laughs> that, is, that is pretty kick-ass. Um, yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Thank prop, you. Prop, props to you. I, I fell in that <laughs> second category for a really long time. I was like, mm -hmm. I will moonlight, I will moonlight, I will moonlight, I will moonlight. 
And then um, I also had a bit of a cataclysmic event where it was mm-hmm. like, it's now that's it. You're, you're like your only way out of this little ditch that you're in is through the, through, is through the business. That's it. You got, you mm-hmm. got you to gotta build something. You got to build it fast and you got to build it to massive scale very, very quickly. And mm-hmm. one of the things I found there was, and we can, we can talk about this. I think this will be a fascinating topic is there's a certain sense of irrationality that mm-hmm. comes in that basically says, I will do this no matter what data I am provided. Because like they'll say like the majority of businesses fail, blah, 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 et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So all the data is like against you as an entrepreneur and it's brutal. And it's like, it's, it's, it's very, it's not a very sustainable, like, you know, everybody thinks it's this happy, like driving Lambos kind of reality. And sure you get that. Uh, but uh, there, there's a lot of other very unsustainable uh, habits that you have to create. Uh, that that are like borderline uh, insane, yeah. <laughs> you know. Like the average person would look at that and be like, "You're completely insane," and you're like, "Well, this is normal to me." Um, <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. So I find um, that creates a unique uh, like character type. So let's maybe talk a little bit about that. Like, what are some of the habits? You know, you mentioned uh, one thing that I th- found was fascinating is y- you were in a very good position when you had to make that decision. So can you talk a little bit about that, AKA, uh, you know, like being financially, fiscally conservative is not the sexy thing, right? Mm -hmm. Nobody talks about like, you know, SEP IRA and all this stuff as if it's like a sexy thing. Um, What were some of the the habits that you created to allow that event to not create a giant fear trigger? Because I think a lot of people uh, would have that same event and then they would fall right back into another nine to five. They'd be like, I need to cover short term needs, blah, 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 blah. I'm okay. And then they find themselves two, three, five, 10 years later in the same exact position they were in uh, mm-hmm. because they weren't smart about it. So uh, let, let's, let's unpack that a little bit. Like you, you're, you've been working from a very young age. What are some of those habits that maybe are not, you know, as sexy as what people are used to hearing, but are actually, are actually the mm-hmm. sexy thing because they're not the sexy thing, you know, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I get it. Yeah. yeah totally. I think for me, there's like two answers to that question. The first one would be, I, I think my whole life I have known that I wanted to do something on my own. So I think I've, subconsciously been saving for that moment like every week or every paycheck i would say i put money on the side that i'd never touch um and i was like in case i need it like i will use it and i think when that catalyst happened i was like okay now's the time i have something saved up and i have a, a degree for myself so if i ever need to apply to another job i can so i think that was kind of my safety blanket um you know given that given that i had a bachelor's degree in finance i had you know uh, a background in finance that it was working in the banking industry so i was like if ever i need to go back i can and i have money right now but i've always been the crazy person like i've always been i've always had this personality um and i've lost friends because of it because no one could really relate and they're like how the hell does she make this stuff work and she just kind of goes out on a whim and she's like i'm gonna do this and um it's actually something that struck me yesterday because I've had friendships since I was really, really young. Um, and there's friendships that lasted 12 years, 20 years. And then they've come to an end as soon as I actually started my business because people, you know, I, there's a lot of reasons that are, that come, come with that because, you know, if people were in the same position as you from a young age and they see you doing something with your life and they're still in the same position that they were in since they're really young. They don't like to see that most of the time. And a lot of people don't support it. Um, And sometimes you get a, you know, call it quits on those relationships. But I also noticed that I need to surround myself with people who are equally as crazy as me, because those are the kinds of people who are going to support me rather than make me feel like, why am I making those decisions? I don't know what's wrong with me. Like, is there something wrong with me? Am I just a really 
like not risk averse person and I like to take huge risks. What is it? So despite the fact that the risk that I took was not that, that big, um, given, you know, the circumstances that I was in, given the people that I was surrounded by, it would have been considered like a huge deal. And it was, and I didn't tell people initially that I did it because I didn't want to be judged. It's just about surrounding yourself with people who are either like-minded or wait until, you know, people come into your life that, that supports you. They don't have to be the same as you. Right. So I think that's two, two sides of that token, um, that really helped me make that decision and, and that hindered you know, my friendships and my relationships that I had at the time. Yeah. I talked yeah. about this with, um, Craig Valentine a bit and mm-hmm. he gave, he gave me a, a piece of advice on the podcast that, I, that really stuck with me. He kind of like, a, not quarantines, but he kind of segments why he has certain people in his life. I am mm-hmm. very much a, I will just get like completely get rid of someone. If someone is negative for too long, for example, mm-hmm. um, or, or, or I'll have these friends that they're like, how did you do it? And I'm like, well, try reading this book. And then like three months mm-hmm. later, I'm like, they're like, how did you do it? I'm like, have you tried reading the book that I recommended <laughs> that explains, you know, the first step of seven steps of how I did it? And they're like, no, I don't think I should get it. And I'm like, well, okay, one more time, you know? And then like, if by, by time three, four, five, I'm just like, no, you know, it's, it's a weird, um, it's almost like a sociopathy, actually. It's, it's a fascinating yeah. mental construct where that person almost like doesn't exist in a way. Like, yeah. because your business is so you know, you have so many factors and so many decisions to make, you can't delegate another decision to that particular individual, right? Because you've already, Mm -hmm. like, you've already made an investment. It's like you invested in a, in a company and it's tanked twice. And then the board is coming back to you for another, another round. You're going to be like, well, listen, I'm probably not going to, not going to work too well. Um, Not only that, but you don't even have the mental uh, bandwidth to make the eval uh, at that point. So, so I found that to be fascinating, but then Craig's advice I found to be very, very useful because I do have friends that I enjoy spending time with um, in limited capacity. So I've got, I've got a friend in San Diego, for example. He's, he's just the most fun guy to be around, okay? He, he sits at home. He plays World of Warcraft all day, <laughs> okay? He's my age, okay? He just yeah. plays World of Warcraft all day. And, and it's like, okay, well, you know, entrepreneurial ethos would say get rid of that person. And my normal ethos would be get rid of that person. But then I look back and, well, I've known him since I was – 14, 15. So that's a, that's a long time. That's a lot of history to just kind of set on fire and burn. And, and sometimes it's better to do those things. Um, yeah. You know, it depends on how that person treats you, et cetera, and, and your boundary control. Uh, but I found that to be a fascinating piece of advice that Craig is like, well, look, that's your fun friend. When, you, when, you're, when you're down in San Diego, you go and you see him for 30 minutes and you, you grab a coffee and he tells you about his World of Warcraft character and you're like, wow, no way. That's like a cool world. <laughs> oh, I wish I had the luxury to, to be able to live in sometimes, you know? Uh, and then you can go back to being your weird entrepreneur self. And um, there's a unique thing that happens, I think, when you do do that is number one, you preserve the history. Um, and, mm-hmm. I, and I'm sure you can relate to this. And I mean, we can, we can go there where part of the reason why breakups are so painful is the shared... Um, the, the shared knowledge is gone. So the, all those little inside jokes, all those little things that you used to enjoy together and the time attached to those things, it's mm-hmm. almost like it just, boom, it just vanishes. It's like a chunk of your life that just disappears. Um, and that's very painful. So uh, I really like Craig's advice with that of, no, no, don't get rid of the people. Just uh, put them, you know, just segment in a way where when you want that particular emotion, um, then you do that. I have another friend who's an EMT. He, he's a paramedic. He, sa- he actually saves people's lives. So mm-hmm. I think, I think that's where we as marketers, like 
it's fascinating. We'll be like, we like impact the world. We're the best. And like, we, we are, we do great stuff. But then like my buddy, like actually like drags people, you know, to the hospital to save them. Oh, like he, yeah. he just shows, yeah, just shows me up in every way. Right. And so it's, mm -hmm. um, uh, it's fascinating to go and, and hang out with people like that because it really puts things in perspective of going, wow, that, like take, um, the stuff that's going on in Australia with the firefighters are right now. Right. Um, mm -hmm. you know, we can, we can sit here and be the influencer heroes, uh, but those are the real heroes on the front line. So I think it's just important to kind of remember that, um, as far as friends and, and network is, it's not necessarily always necessary to cut out. Um, uh, so it's okay. <laughs> so I went on a little, I have this tendency to go on little rants and then no, I, I completely get that. And I still, I still have friends who are entrepreneurs, people who are still in school. Like I do I still have them around. I just don't spend as much time with them as I would have before when I had more time to do that. I, you know, I find like if I need that 2% uh, of my time to be devoted to them and, and, you know, they're already busy with their own stuff, but that doesn't mean I'm going to see them every day, right? Because I feel like if you surround yourself with that kind of energy, uh, you know, it's a low frequency energy for too long, I think it can just negatively impact you or, you know, impact the relationship that you have with them. But I, I agree with what you're saying. You don't have to cut out everybody who's not, you know, who doesn't have the same values as you or same career path as you. Um, you know, people are different for a reason. I completely agree with yeah. that. I think if it affects your energy calibration, then that's like a concern. Like if you're coming from unconditional love and then you yeah. find that you enter that situation in unconditional love and then you are exiting with say anxiety, um, that's always a great sign, at least for something that I look for as far as um, any, anything that I engage with, whether that's a podcast, a person, a group of people, a, uh, even, a, even a movie or a TV show. Um, mm -hmm. I'm not a big TV guy, but like I'll find like something, sometimes I'll put something on and I'm like, whoa, like, like news are a no, no, any sort of TV is a no, no, but like sometimes you'll have a YouTube channel, you know, YouTube will switch to a different video and you're like, Whoa, what's up with the vibe? Um, mm -hmm. and I, I find that state control for an entrepreneur is super important to be, um, positive. Okay. Well, you mentioned no question is off limits. So let's do, uh, let's do a couple of little wildcard ones. Uh, <laughs> favorite animal. Let's do it. Oh my gosh. Yeah. My friend asked me this. We were, on, we were in Miami and she's like, what's your favorite animal? And I was like, that's a good question. Um, I would say like, I love all animals. It's really hard. No, I, no you I, can't do that. You, 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 you got to pick one. All animals. I, I would say an elephant. Uh, okay. Why? I love elephants. Why? Uh, they're just, you know, significant when it comes to the symbolism and, and prosperity and, and love and, uh, and just loyalty and all that. I don't know. They just, they're beautiful creatures. And I feel like whenever you see an elephant, it means there's like an opportunity coming uh, maybe it's not even true what I'm saying, but I just have that vibe and I think I've heard that. I also, I think after watching Eat, Pray, Love, I, I got um, a bit, a bit influenced. So no, I think, yeah. I think that's, that's <laughs> but I love all well, I think it's a fascinating <laughs> question because um, like you mentioned some things, you mentioned prosperity, love, opportunity. So those end mm -hmm. up being probably pillars that you use uh, to build your company. Actually, yeah. I, I asked that question with, with a very good reason is you know, some people will say like the wolf because they just like annihilate everybody. And I'm like, or they're like, you know, they're a hunter or, um, mm -hmm. mine is like the panda, right? I love, I'm a panda guy um, oh, yeah. for, for, for so many reasons. Uh, and, and so it's kind of like, cause I want to be very welcoming. Right. And, um, mm -hmm. ethnically diverse. Yeah, yeah, totally. And, and then, you know, quokkas, I love little quokkas, but I think it's fascinating to, to ask that question because it really highlights like these, these core principles um, that we have as entrepreneurs that we're not even aware of. 
It's like, oh, mm-hmm. why is that? Why is that? Like, oh, okay, those are the things actually I stand for and I resonate with that for the, this, this unique thing. So that might be a little like fun little tidbit to look at the mm-hmm. uh, culture that you have in your company and see how much things like prosperity, love, you know, uh, opportunity, stability uh, affect those principles. Yeah, so that's a fascinating one. And then uh, second wildcard question is every entrepreneur has uh, what I call a guilty pleasure, okay? It might be something that you do, like, like my friend Naz, she does skydiving. So that's mm-hmm. her guilty pressure. I will always see her. She's like skydiving. For, like she, she's done like 20 jumps or something. It's crazy. Um, so oh she'll, she'll, she'll be like skydiving again. Uh, what's your guilty pleasure? Um, oh my gosh. Uh, I would say I really like food. Okay. This is rad. I love eating and I like to go out and taste like weird foods all the time. Like I, my idea of a good night out with my girlfriends is like, let's go try this new, new restaurant. Let's go for some sushi or something. Um, and it's not really the most productive thing uh, or the best thing to do. But you know, I just like, if I had to spend money when I was going out on something, it would probably be like really good food or like a really good restaurant. <laughs> Awesome. I, I mean, that that, that's the whole, yeah, that's the whole point of it being a guilty pleasure, right? Yeah. It's that thing that has no ROI whatsoever on the surface level uh, that you still um, do. And often yeah. when you do it, you'll have these little epiphanies. Uh, so let's, mm. let's talk about that. What's, uh, if you can kind of maybe talk a little bit about what's your most recent epiphany with the marketing stuff that you're doing? You know, it could literally be anything. It could be how to run your company. It could be, mm-hmm. um, how to to position content, like where are you at? What's that new fresh thought that you're like, oh, this is really revolutionary. Yeah. I think uh, after yesterday and just hanging out with a few business people and seeing how they run their, their agency and meeting their teams, I think I recently realized and my biggest epiphany was I need like an assistant on my team. I need someone who's like my right hand uh, because it's, I, I do everything myself. Most of the time I do have people on my team, but I don't have someone who's directly my right hand. Who, who helps me with something. And I think that's what, uh, sh- you know, strike me as I think if I have someone like that with me in my business right now, I think it could be revolutionary in terms of where I'm going to be taking it. Cause I work really well in teams and I work really well with managing people, uh, rather than being the lone wolf all the time. Um, so that's just, uh, I think that's my biggest epiphany at the moment. Yeah, totally. That's a good one. Um, mm-hmm. ours is a lead magnets equals gifts equals thoughtful. That's our big one. It's on the mm-hmm. big board here. Um, so that's the, this yeah. idea of, of if you've ever, um, and I'm sure you know what lead magnets are. It's those things you give away for free for people to give you an opt-in. Mm-hmm. Um, and just like a Christmas gift, it's uh, so mm-hmm. often, uh, and this is, this is a great little learning lesson for, for the guys that are listening that want like little, and you know, I find like one macro concept when applied properly can define an entire strategy. So, mm-hmm. um, it sounds very easy, but it, we all had it where like it's Christmas time and then you get that gift that like is totally useless. You're like, thanks. Mm-hmm. Now I have to keep it because it's a gift. And like, where do I put this thing? And it's like, it's, it's almost like an awkward moment. You, you ever have that? Yeah. So, so I put a thing. It's like lead magazine equals gifts equals thoughtful because we also had it where you get some gift that's really, really thoughtful and really useful. And then you're like, yeah. oh my God, I totally would have never gotten this for myself. And this is amazing. Um, Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So, so that's, that's our little, um, epiphany that. thing. Awesome. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. let's talk, uh, let's talk what inspires you. Um, if you were to say mm-hmm. podcast books, what, what's, what's your jam favorite song? Oh my gosh. Uh, it's <laughs> a loaded question. Um, a lot inspires me. I'm inspired every day by so many things, different things all the time. Um, at books, definitely. I'm, I'm an avid reader. I read all the time. I listen and read uh, at least once a day. 
Um, What's the book watching, right I, I, Yeah, I, I love watching people's stories. It's why I started my own thing and just seeing where people come from. There's something so magical about like seeing that one person who could have had their path be so different from where they are now. But just because of one event, it changed their, their, their circumstances or their route and they made something amazing out of what, what they're doing. And this is the biggest inspiration, I think, for myself. And um, I think also, uh, I didn't realize that I was this kind of person, but I'm a, I love love. I, I used to think that I didn't like to be around people, that I was, because I've always been an introvert. But I actually love people. I love interacting, interacting with other humans, contributing to them, and just kind of uh, having that heart-to-heart. Um, and I think this is what's inspiring me the most. You know, yesterday this girl started crying during our talk, and I went, I went over and hugged her. And I, I think this is something that uh, I'm, I've been put on this earth to do, is just to, to help people and inspire them as well, and just as much as they inspire me. Um, but definitely just stories, people... And uh, self-education growth, uh, it would be one of the, the biggest things. You, you, I don't want to be the same person that I was yesterday, and I want to always be improving every single day of my life. So those are a few things that inspire me at the moment. Totally. Yeah. What's, uh, what's the book of the, the day? What's, what's your current one that you're going through? Ooh, uh, I'm reading right now. I'm actually rereading Rich Dad, Poor Dad. <laughs> nice. Yeah, and I'm reading a sales book. Uh, it's called, what is it again? It's called High Profit Prospecting. Oh, that's a good one. I've got that yeah. one on the way, actually. That is oh, in route from Amazon. Yeah, somebody else recommended it. I'm Who yeah. recommended that? That that's, that's a cool little, there you go. So all things in orbit and full circle. I love that. That's a good quantum reality thing. Um, <laughs> very cool. And then uh, you mentioned the interviews, you mentioned the stories. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe tell... Uh, Tell the folks a little bit about, you know, what are you doing with your interview series? Because that's actually how I found out about you. Um, mm-hmm. I thought it was so cool that you're putting women, like female entrepreneurs up there. You're, you're, you're putting them up, putting them in front. You're, you're pumping them up. Um, I think it's so freaking powerful. You know, uh, it's, like society does not do that enough at all. Um, yeah. So uh, can you talk a little bit about like what's, what's the interview thing about and what do you do? That. Yeah, so I uh, like I said, one of my biggest passions is to help people monetize theirs, their passions. And what I do is I interview successful women, two successful women that we're going to be having on the podcast this year, and that we've had in the, in the last year. I started this like four months ago, and it's been it's been growing pretty quickly because I feel like there's a high demand for it, um, and a lot of people want to see women be put up there just like yourself and fairly i mean it's really weird there's a lot of men actually that that listen to the podcast which is amazing and i love that because i feel like that kind of education should not be just towards women it should be towards men as well um and low-key men can also get an insight on how women think and the way we operate so it'd be a great podcast to listen to even if you're a male um yeah so i interview women we talk business we talk relationships we talk everything related to success and being the best version of yourself and uh, doing something great out of out of your life, and and they all have a story that I like to talk about. So we go to from their childhood to where they are now, and uh, any insights that they've gained, and how they can benefit give any benefits to to the the listeners and viewers. So that's uh, it's called the Lady Leaders Podcast. You can listen to it on Spotify and uh, iTunes, um, and also on Podbean. So. Uh, and also YouTube. Most of them are on YouTube because we, we do them face-to-face as well. We'd have uh, 
we have actual interviews that we we film and we uh we put on spotify so it's a youtube show and also a podcast super super yeah, duper yeah. cool yeah okay I'm, mm-hmm. I'm gonna i'm gonna do a bit of an aggressive aside here for the guys that are listening because mm-hmm. um so so this is something and, and again i've spent a, a long time in the quote like dating for men space um with with a lot of the clients that i've worked with and mm-hmm. what i notice a lot okay and i'm just gonna hammer this very often when you do call to actions like that a lot of guys will like eye roll Okay, they, they will straight eye roll. They will go, oh, this chick doesn't know what she's talking about. Okay, well, let, let, let's cash that. Okay, let's cash that now because that's the yeah. place we have to start. Yeah, that's the place we have to start. It's like uh, so many of, of you are listening and you want to get better results in your life in business and hint, hint in dating also. And yet mm-hmm. you are eye rolling on the female perspective entirely and you know, there's a rule. It's like, if you don't understand something, it's going to scare you and you're not going to be able to interface with it very well. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I I just want to hammer that home and really like very aggressively attack that part of the human psychology. uh, Because Mm -hmm. when you have a situation where women are coming together, they're discussing these topics, they're driven, they are, you know, like truly like I, I view female entrepreneurs as like the cream of the planet's crop. Uh, you know, if you're seeing what was going on, yeah, absolutely. If you're seeing what's going on with uh, the environment, if you're seeing what's going on with uh, the, the socio-economic uh, climate, the political climates, I mean, the more people we can have speaking up and standing up, uh, the more important. Often, women actually put themselves in the line of fire uh, mm-hmm. by saying, "Hey, the, this uh, environmental thing is is not appropriate. We're going to stand up for it." And so, for those uh, men that are listening. Here's um, something that I think women are aware of, but maybe uh, should be unpacked here. I'll just unpa- take, take a moment to unpack this and I'll pass it back to you. Is mm-hmm. there is this stigma that men have within kind of the, the bro, the quote bro circle, where yeah. uh, let's say you do choose to uh, be, be very pro, pro women, support women. Well, you're actually going to get mocked. I, I think often um, women yeah. don't realize this that as a man, if you're saying, hey, what she's doing is really great you could actually uh, get mocked uh, by other, other men, uh, AKA, oh no, she's just hot. She only got that because she's hot, right? And, and this comes up over and over and over and over again. And uh, to stand up against that, even as a man can often be uh, a little bit disorienting because now you're, uh, men are in a unique position right now. And it's, it's actually a little bit uh, concerning for me because uh, with with me too, um, and all these things. Not to get too deep into this, but I think it is again important. And one of the big reasons I want to have you on is here's what happens, right? Men will go and they'll they'll stand up for women. They'll start defending women. Then other men will start mocking them for defending women. They'll say, "Oh, you're you're weak, blah blah blah. You're not a real man, etc. etc. etc." Which I don't believe, by the way. I believe the strongest version of a man is someone who's uh, supporting women in every capacity, defending women. And and put and lifting them up. If, if you're too scared to lift the women up around you, that means you have insecurities. Um, but yeah. then uh, the thing that really I think uh, puts a nail in the coffin for a lot of men to be more involved with movements like this is that mm-hmm. women will also start attacking them. And this mm-hmm. we have to be very very careful because um, take like it's a very pointed topic. But like this topic we're unpacking over the last two three minutes here. It's it's sharp. It's it's not a soft, fluffy topic. It's it's a it's a razor blade topic for sure. Not a lot of people would even touch this. 
Um, I'll, I'll touch it though. I'll, I'll for sure dig in. <laughs> dig, oh, for sure. Because I, because it's important to unpack the fact that like, why, uh, why do men eye roll whenever there's a call to action to a female podcast? Whereas if I told you, Hey, Elon Musk is on there. All of a sudden everybody would be like, click, 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 click. Like, well, well, why, why is that? That's, that, yeah. that's not appropriate. Right. Um, mm -hmm. it's, you have to rewire your psychology to anchor to, uh, more positive triggers and more positive anchors for women to help women. But I think also there's the other side of the coin where um, I think women need to shame men a little bit less when men don't have it all figured out. Uh, there is kind of that capacity where like, you know, you know, like if you ever get a guy who's like kind of doesn't have all his shit together and but he's trying, you know, you know yeah. it's like don't totally like destroy him. And I see women yeah. do that a lot and, and not to make men like the victim or anything. I don't think it's that. Um, but I do notice that as a trend. So for everyone listening, like actually click, actually go to the podcast, actually check it out. Uh, Lady Leaders, it's really awesome. And often mm -hmm. we talk about golden nuggets. It, it's like you'll get golden nuggets out of that that will completely make you reevaluate the way that you approach your marketing and the way that you approach your personal life because you'll realize, oh, no way, that, that amazing woman I want to date, she's dealing with XYZ that I totally, that I had a complete blind spot to. And mm -hmm. it will improve your communication channels. It will improve your ability to build rapport. Um, so I just wanted to kind of rant on that for a couple of minutes because I think it's just so important. Like um, it, it's, it's like these little micro mannerisms. Uh, I'm sure mm -hmm. you can relate to this where in a relationship, if someone's like passive aggressive, if you don't, if you don't catch it right then and there, like it's just going to continue. It's going to be this downward spiral and then there's no point to be in there, right? So um, yeah, Lady Leaders Podcast, obviously we'll include a link uh, to your Instagram and to the podcast mm -hmm. below. I just wanted to, to rant at the dudes yeah. for a minute because oh, hopefully if they're, if they're yeah, listening. I, I love you for that. Honestly, thank you so much because I think a lot of people would have been scared to, you know, mention that or, or admit that or even address it uh, given, you know, the, maybe the, the criticisms that they can get or I can get, et cetera, et cetera. So um, I completely agree with what you're saying. And I think, um, you know, feminism or whatever, it's not really about, us trying to take over the world, right? We're not trying to, um, we're not trying to mean to, I think a lot of guys think it's threatening. Like, what are you trying to do? Are you trying to take my job? Are you trying to like, um, not want to be in a relationship with me? You're trying to, you know, become this boss woman. I feel threatened right now. Um, and it's really not about that. I mean, it's, it's not even about, I think people think about my podcast that I'm just trying to be like, yeah, go women. And, you know, uh, we don't like men and we're trying to, you know, um, just be condescending in that way to any man who's not at our level. Like that's not what we're trying to highlight. We're just highlighting the fact that little girls out there don't have enough role models. Um, women don't have enough role models of women who are being successful. So I want to highlight that for other women, even for, for guys and, and, and boys who are looking for role models who aren't just your typical Elon Musk or Grant Cardone, et cetera, et cetera. So I'm just trying to highlight different people that maybe aren't being brought up and we need diversity. We need to diversify the people that we look up to um, rather than just stick to the same ones. And that's kind of what my mission is right now. It's just to uh, have it become more of a normality to see people and women in higher positions. And that's not a threat to anybody. And I think um, whether I'm doing it or someone else is doing it, it's inevitable. And I think we're just getting there. Right. So that's, that's just it. Either keep up with the game or, or become, be ignorant to it. So it's oh, up to you. <laughs> absolutely. I, I think what you're doing is absolutely amazing. That's why I wanted to have Thank you on. You. I, I think it's beautiful. I think it's great. And 
I think as men, we need to have the courage to create a space where women can be safe. And I mm-hmm. think as women, women need to have the tolerance to create a space where men can be vulnerable. I think if we yeah. can master those two dynamics in society, we've got, we've got a really great road. I mean, t- technology is better than it's ever been. Like medicine's better than it's ever been. You know, we, we can have this conversation. You rewind back 200 years. Just us doing mm-hmm. this podcast would have been a complete, uh, just totally magic people would have just completely rolled their eyes at uh, us being able to do yeah. this. Um, so, so I think, it, I think it's, it's beautiful. And I think it's amazing. I think it's super important to unpack, especially now because um, everybody needs more guidance in this space. The, the, the roles are getting kind of blurred and mm-hmm. I think it's great. I think it's, I think it's awesome. You know, you mentioned like um, this thing of like, are women trying to take my jobs? Like, I yeah. love that. Like, yeah. yes, please like compete with me. Let's go. Like, yeah. let's rock this. Mm-hmm. Right. But let's still have a space where you can, f- you can still nurture that feminine energy. Like women don't have to lose that. And just like that, men, every man listening right now has a little eight-year-old kid version of them inside. They just want the freaking lollipop. They just want the teddy bear. They just want to be able to curl into a ball and like not deal with shit. They just want to be able to go play on the playground and be a kid and innovate and dream and uh, have those little kid thoughts and all of a sudden when you're, when you're a grown man, you're like, you're not allowed to have those anymore. So I think for men, we need to be creating that also um, and nurturing that and fostering that because that's where great uh, innovation comes. That's uh, mm-hmm. where, where a lot of great innovation, a lot of great ideas, a lot of great products um, and breakthroughs in technology happen from that like six-year-old, eight-year-old little boy or little girl that wants to create something, doesn't know how to do it. And it's kind of like Tupac, it's her against the world, you know, <laughs> and, and she's rocking it. So I think what you're doing is great. I just, I just, I just wanted to hammer it home a little bit more for the guys that are listening because they value my authority. You know, we, we've helped, look, we've helped people generate tens of millions of dollars. So this isn't like a, oh my God, like let's all be fluffy and, and you know, hug bubbles and uh, like we, we've gotten results, but it's also important to understand that human element of being vulnerable and, and of letting people in because uh, once you clear that energy, it's, I mean, we can talk about like childhood trauma or like relationship trauma. Once mm-hmm. you clear that energy, I believe you can't build a business unless you do that. Like mm-hmm. unless you, uh, and this is why a lot of people have, uh, you mentioned like a spiritual practice or meditation practice is to mm-hmm. be an entrepreneur, you need to have a lot of space and capacity for impact, which means yeah. you kind of got to let go of some of the, the stigmas that you have. So if um, for the men listening, if you like, like say, uh, I'll, I was brutally, my first breakup was brutal. I almost killed myself. Talked about it very openly. Uh, mm. I'm sure a lot of the men listening have similar experiences. Um, I didn't actually know about that. About that. Thank yeah, you for opening up. <laughs> yeah, I didn't yeah. know. Yeah, I've, I talked about that. Um, I talk about that quite a bit, quite a bit. It's it's you know not to, not to be like that guy, but um, mm-hmm. yeah, very very lucky to be here after oh, that. Thank you for opening up about that. I think a lot of people would benefit from it, and you know, people shouldn't see it as like, oh my god, I can't believe you admitted it. It's just like wow, thank you. You know, and I, I see it that way now. And I think that's where we're all moving. So it's amazing that you're able to talk about it. Thank you. Yeah. Now I found myself, uh, in my bathtub with a nine millimeter Beretta loaded, um, completely wasted out of my mind and wondering, and I was actually really angry that I didn't kill myself because I felt like a giant pussy. I'm like, Oh, you can't even kill yourself. Like, what are you good for? Uh, so, so yeah, that, uh, and that was brutal. And I think everybody has their own version of that. Um, in some capacity as extreme, or maybe sometimes more extreme or not as extreme, whatever. Um, but it's important to let go of that because if you want to make the impact, if you want to build that business, you have to let go of the stigma. And I think a lot of that is that man to woman stigma or woman to man stigma 
that is created through experiences of being a human being on earth, right? Mm -hmm. With other human beings. Um, so I, I think it's just fascinating. Okay. So that was heavy. That was some heavy <laughs> stuff for about 15 <laughs> minutes. Yeah. You're but amazing, I think you're an amazing interviewer. I, I, I know one, I, maybe it takes on to know one, but I, I know one when I see one. So <laughs> oh, thank you. Yeah. I, I appreciate you. Um, Hopping on, I think let's let's do this. Let's um, maybe if you can give some marketing tips really quickly, I guess on or or even say like entrepreneurial tips. If someone mm -hmm. is afraid to make that jump, that's something that you've yeah. done very well. Um, I love that when I ask you about the fears that you had, you're like, nope, they weren't there because I put myself in a position to to be able to do those. I I really uh, respect that and admire that. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, if, if you maybe have a couple points of advice and then. Yeah. Um, if you can do a shameless plug moment of all the things, if you have a course, you, I, I saw you do have like a, like a waiting list for a course coming up. Right. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, um, yeah. I, I think, it, uh, depending on what industry you're trying to get into as, you know, someone who's maybe in school or you're at your nine to five, you're not enjoying it. Um, one of the things that benefited me the most was, especially in marketing is to brand yourself. And this is something that I teach in my coaching and in my uh, masterclass uh, that's coming up soon where basically I, uh, I interview people and I have them come on to the masterclass and you guys are able to talk to them directly. And they're people who have surpassed six figures and are making a lot of money doing what they love. And you can get literally inside information on what they're doing. Um, so if you want that kind of access, you can literally go on my page on Instagram and click the link there and the first uh, option will pop up and you can see that. And it's also somewhere where I'll be there uh, weekly. I'll be there on every live class with you guys, uh, kind of like a webinar where I'll be teaching you um, business tactics, marketing tactics to apply for that week and for that month. And you guys can go ahead and ask your questions as well. So there's a lot more information on the link. So if you want to check it out. Uh, in my marketing agency, we deal with a niche in the aesthetics industry, uh, and I do coaching on the side, like I said, regarding branding, storytelling, and also uh, just business coaching. So if you need any help, you can, uh, you can just uh, contact me directly or click the link again in my bio. Um, another marketing tip that I would definitely suggest is to, well, depending on which industry that you're in, is to really niche down. And I was talking about this yesterday as well. Um, Know which industry you want to target. Know who's your audience down to a T. Um, who is it that you're trying to appeal to, whether it is on your social media profile, whether it is in your business. Um, I talk about the NOP. So know your niche, know your outreach method, and know your platform. Which platform are you going to be offering and hone in on that. Now, it's very broad, and I, I don't want to get into it uh, too much because we'll stay here for another five hours. So if you have any questions, like I said, you can uh, contact me directly on Instagram. That's the best way to reach me or email me. There's also all my links in Instagram. So that's pretty much me. And I hope uh, it was useful to you guys. And thank you so much for having me, Miguel. Of course. Thanks for uh, coming on. And I think we might have you come back at some point to just do a social media like mm -hmm. deep dive because yeah. we went into a lot of personal things. I think that helps people to get to know the mindset. Uh, we do a lot of mindset stuff. I truly believe that's the driver of a lot of great things. And yes, you can have all the tactics in your toolbox, yeah. but you know, if you don't know how to use the hammer, yeah, 80% yeah, mindset, 20% actual uh, tangible work. Right. So totally. I, I mean, it, de it depends lately. I feel like I've been like the opposite, but <laughs> who knows? <laughs> like who knows, who knows, you know, I, I, I love it. Um, I love your vibe. Love, love your energy. Just absolutely love what you're doing. 
Um, those of you listening, yeah, ch- um, uh, and again, at Kareen Badran, and we will include the link down below in the show notes. Check her out. Um, she is awesome. She kicks ass. She's a true ladypreneur, and she brings up other ladypreneurs, which guess what, dudes? We need more of. So I don't mm-hmm. care what y'all say. Uh, I don't care about the competition. Bring it on. I would, you know, I am... Um, <laughs> I, this morning I, I got up at, f- at five or something uh, five, like five thirteen, which I'm like 13 minutes late. And I, and I swim laps in the pool and right. um, I got in and yeah, I usually do a hundred laps like Tuesdays and Thursdays. And um, I got in and there was like uh, like another lady there and she was like, I don't know, 60, you know? And, and wow. I'm, like, I'm like, Oh, and, and like, there's a, like the little boy part of me. Like I'm going to totally school her. It's going to be <laughs> awesome. And then I get in and she's like kicking my butt. And I'm like, what the heck? What's going on? And I'm like, uh oh, like, and, and like, you know, I, I, I had to step. I really have to step it up. And so, uh, that to oh, me was yeah. really cool. Yeah. And then, and then her and I had a, it probably drove you to be like three times faster than you usually are. It did, but it was really cool because her and I like chatted for a minute too. I'm like, you're kicking my butt. She's like, well, you know that. Like, and she, she she said something clever. She was like, oh, you know, like experience. Uh, like she's like, it's it's all it's all in the experience, honey. And I was just like, oh, like she's so wise, you know, oh. so wise, like just totally schooling me. I'm coming from ego. She's humble and schooling me. What's going on, right? So I, I, th- I thought that was a really like funny, beautiful moment um, there. So um, yeah, thank you so much for hopping on. Uh, you're you. amazing. You're awesome. Thank you. You're amazing too. And thank you so much, everybody, for listening. And you know where to find me. Thank you again. And hopefully we can do a round two. <laughs> Absolutely. It really is a revolution. Still trying to get myself adjusted.